Yes, yes, what is good? Welcome to episode three of Talking Crap. Here you are with me, Jordan, and I just want to say thank you all very much for the downloads, the plays, the support thus far. Uh, Episode one, really good, had heaps of good feedback. The last episode also got some really good feedback, so I just want to thank you all out there for taking the time to listen to me chat about one of my favorite things in the world, the world of sneakers. On today's episode, I wanted to touch on a topic that is pretty pertinent at the moment to all of us. It is the state of the sneaker market, the state of the sneaker scene, and how everything is down, dipping. Not to say it's dead, but the resale market in particular is very much a a changing landscape and we've gone from it being a seller's market where it just seems like every young person out there with a credit card or a sneakers app accounts or the capacity to enter into raffles has been making money hand over fist to a situation now where it's once again a buyer's market you can finally cop kicks again jordans and nikes and dunks and all sorts of stuff are once again sitting on shelves and so I just wanted to talk a little bit about how we got here and what the sort of situation is like now for for buyers, collectors and resellers and even people that are into replicas so I guess a good place to start might be to rewind a little bit to the advent of this sneaker resale culture that we've been in the midst of the last I want to say maybe decade. Uh, my, my mind immediately goes back to around 2011 with the release of the Jordan 11 Concords. Now, before this release, there were a couple of pairs of sneakers that were quite notable in the resale um, in the resale scene, notably like LeBron's and Kobe's and KD's. So Nike basketball was doing the rounds between sort of 2008, 9 and 10 with shoes like the LeBron 8, the LeBron 9, the LeBron 10, uh, you know, the Kobe 5, the Kobe 6, the KD 4 in particular, the 5 and the 6. So there was a period where sneaker reselling had kind of gained a lot of popularity owing to Nike basketball. Uh, Foam Posits is another shoe that was a pretty big reseller. And then when the Jordan 11 Concords came out in 2011, it sort of changed the features of the whole sneaker scene a little bit because reselling used to be kind of frowned upon, looked down on. It wasn't really the done thing. The market also wasn't that ripe for resellers, so you didn't see as many successful or conspicuously successful resellers in the early days, I want to say around 2011. But there was still definitely reselling going on, and there were still plenty of kids that were apparently making a bit of money from it. And so during the next three, four, five years, you would see more and more resellers uh, popping up and their conspicuousness on platforms like Instagram and YouTube also started to spread around this idea of sneakers being not just a hobby for collectors, but also a viable side hustle in order to generate extra money for yourself. And this continues on through the Kanye era, in particular, his transition from Nike to Adidas. 
And so 2015, you've got a lot more resellers and you've got a really hype product in the form of the Kanye boosts, the 750s, the 350s. Now I can remember in 2015 when Kanye moved to Adidas. I mean, the, the deal between the two, as I mentioned in the last episode, was uh, sort of intimated about in 2013 but the deal was finally penned or agreed upon in 2015 and when Kanye brought out the 750s and the 350s and ultra boost technology and NMDs were going wild the resale market was really kind of coming into a state of flourishment where a lot more resellers were taking advantage of the demand for these limited sneakers and obviously the marketing around producing these sneakers and getting them to market was quite savvy because the initial 350s for Kanye and 750s were produced in very limited numbers, which makes sense because you want to drive up the demand, you want to get the hype going, you want people to feel like they want the shoes and one of the best ways to get people to feel like they want the shoes is to not allow them to have them because we're the kind of species and we have the kind of proclivities that generate the kind of ideas around I want it because I can't have it. Scarcity and rarity are things that we covet. It's almost like it's been pre-programmed evolutionarily into us. And so with the Kanye stuff, reselling is becoming a lot more popular. People are making money, uh, a lot of money hand over fist. And then it's really around 2017 with the release of the Off-White, the 10 by Virgil that sneaker paradigm once again shifts back to Nike. Uh, Kanye no longer has the game in the chokehold that he did have it in sort of between 2015 and 2017 and reselling is now a lot more mainstream. Uh, a lot more people are doing it. This is kind of when I started getting into it quite seriously myself around 2017. I've never done it as a profession. I've never done it seriously. I've always just done it for a little bit of fun. It's always been a, a fun side hustle for me to make a little bit of extra money that I would usually use to buy more sneakers. Uh, that way the hobby kind of takes care of itself. But the point I'm sort of getting at here is that the, the resale market had been a growing, developing, burgeoning kind of phenomena over the period over a decent period of time we're not talking about something that just blew up overnight um, even though that's the way it might seem to some people the sneaker resale culture had been building and normalizing over the better part of like 10 years uh, leading up to the release of the 10 with Virgil and stuff and because there was so much hype around the off-white stuff that that hype was added to in no small part by the fact that streetwear was huge uh, the reticulation of, of, of fashion, hip-hop, streetwear, uh, sports culture, online culture, um, social media culture, like all of these things kind of came together at the right time to make sneakers and streetwear a really mainstream thing, whereas before it had been a little bit more underground, a little bit more low-key, a little bit more niche. And so we have this development of this culture going on over a series of years, right up until the point where we hit the pandemic. And when the pandemic hit, it was pretty much like the bubble blowing up to its maximum 
10 Segreti. It was basically as big as the bubble could have gotten was the bubble that we saw right around COVID and, and you know the sort of year after. And so what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to build a timeline for you so that you can understand how resale culture got so big, when it got so big, and ultimately the the place that we're going to end up landing at is the current day where the market is different, um, much, much more different. So the p- picture I'm trying to paint is the sneaker resale market is, is building, it's developing, it's growing. More and more kids are getting into sneaker reselling as a viable side hustle to make like genuine money. Some people are actually reselling professionally full-time in order to make their money and that's completely understandable and so when we hit the pandemic uh, a few things happens people are not able to go outside which means people are in inside all day on their phones predominantly on their computers what do you do when you're on your phone or you're on your computer or whatever well generally if you're someone like me look around for shoes <laughs> or you you look around shop shopping and stuff like that I, I don't do any online shopping to be fair I hate buying clothes I hate uh, online shopping in general but I love sneaker shopping I love looking for good deals on used shoes and stuff like that so pandemic hits we're at home we've got more time than ever to be on our phones you're you're seeing the the advent of this TikTok and Instagram resale content culture. So a lot more videos are cropping up on people's FYPs with regard to making money selling sneakers. Instagram is awash with these young entrepreneurial hip kids who are standing in front of mountains of limited kicks and flexing cash and showing off. And this is getting people uh, interested. You know, this is whetting the appetites of many a young entrepreneurial minded uh, kid out there and so you get the stimulus checks obviously people have got money to burn people are buying kicks you've got as said the instagram tiktok culture where the, the the placement of these sneakers is very conspicuous in videos you've got influencer culture which is peaking on instagram and is, is starting to kind of like move over into tiktok and stuff like that And so between, yeah, COVID, stimulus checks, TikTok, IG, YouTube, you've got all of these things adding to the hype of sneaker collecting, sneaker reselling and sneaker flexing, sneaker content and stuff. And then The Last Dance hits. The Last Dance was a Netflix documentary that follows the 1998 Chicago Bulls in their swan song, their final season. And this Netflix series can be definitely attributed to the heightened sense of popularity that shoes like the Air Jordan 1 uh, received. Because before 2020, Jordan 1s weren't massively popular. They were were popular for sure, um, but they were popular because of things like the off-white Chicago's that come out in 2017. you know, the Union ones that came out in 2018, the Travis ones that came out in 2019. So the Jordan one enjoyed a really strong sense of repopularization thanks to these big time collabs that people just absolutely loved. But before 2017, Jordan ones were nowhere. No one cared about them. I used to pick them up when they would go on sale, for example, with the exception of one or two models, maybe like the shattered backboard ones and the Chicago ones in 2015, pretty much all Jordans or Jordan ones would sit. And in a lot of cases, a lot of them would go on sale. So the last dance comes out just to return back to that point swiftly without going down the big old tangent there. 
the last dance comes out and it completely blows up everybody's at home watching it everybody's producing content around it everybody's talking about it and so the popularity of jordans in general uh, absolutely skyrocketed arguably the peak uh, of jordan popularity in recent times could be maybe isolated and, and identified in that particular moment so after the last dance which is like sort of start of 2020 march april may 2020 that sort of time frame people are going nuts for jordans people are looking for original jordan ones old school jordan ones people are looking for all sorts of of, of mj related stuff and so sales are going nuts and the sales and the popularity would continue to be that same way inclined for the better part of the next couple of years almost um, bringing us nearly up to the current day and so these are some of the reasons why sneaker culture became as popular as it did or as it has these are some of the reasons why sneaker resale culture became so popular it's owing to a lot of these different forces that concomitantly lined up they aligned in such a way to produce this hypertense bubble that has only recently just burst so what made the sneaker game dip down and die because right now as i speak to you it's a buyer's market the market that i've described to you over the past 10 or so minutes reflects a seller's market people are making money everywhere kids are making more money than they've ever known before doing any kind of like paper round or part-time gig uh, picking up rubbish or waiting tables or pouring coffee or you know whatever it is that you do these days when you're so young so imagine a situation in which you're young you only need access to a couple of hundred pounds in order to start a business and you can do it by just buying and selling trainers sneakers like what a crazy business model and what an attractive um, proposition to a lot of young people and so when we bring ourselves up to the current day we've got to consider what was it that made the bubble burst the first and most obvious answer is the global economy um, the global economy is incredibly unstable right now owing to a number of different factors uh, most of which i won't delve into um, right now but obviously we've got things like covid we've got international wars we've got rising inflation cost of living we've got corporate greed we've got all sorts of uh you know po political policies that have basically made it tougher for people to splash the cash uh, in 2022 so the global the global economic situation is definitely a big contributing factor to why sneakers are down now basically the sneaker market's down right now every market is down right now people aren't really too worried about spending their spare cash on sneakers right now so that's probably the first and most obvious thing to attribute the dip in the market for and would go a long way to explain uh, the wane in demand for sneakers but there's also other forces uh, that are at play here as well in the time where sneaker reselling has become so popular the release strategy of certain brands seems to have been modeled on on reflecting that that same demand and so what we've seen in the past few years is a seemingly unprecedented volume of sneakers being released back in the day when it came to like jordan releases i'm talking about like in the 90s and 2000s and stuff like that when mj was still playing you used to maybe get three or four jordan models a year on average some years more some years less and once the um 
the, the, the retro started coming out, maybe double that, triple that. But we're in a situation now where it seems like there's three or four Jordans being released every other week. Um, some, some weeks it feels like there's four or five pairs of Jordans coming out. And so the steady increase in volume has gone a long way to basically stultifying the consumer market because people are kind of just bored with the same old crap being being released week after week, month after month, and it's more or less the same shit. Uh, It's the same old, same old stuff. And so stultification owing to saturation is another hugely contributing factor, in my opinion, to why sneakers have stagnated a little bit in the current moment. I'd say also the raise, raising of the retail price, which has been happening periodically over the past 10 years. Um, it's not always consistent with inflation, and it's a little bit of a kick in the pants when Nike would point to something like inflation as a rationalization for why they've decided to raise the RRP, the recommended retail price for their sneakers, because Nike have continued to post and talk about their increase in profits in recent times. So, you know, during the COVID period, their profits went up. I can't remember whether it was like 20 or 30% or something crazy. So you can't be uh, enjoying record profits and then justifying an increase on the retail just because of inflation. If anything, inflation seems to have helped them. Uh, it would seem. So the retail price uh, and the retail price hike is another reason why people have um, decided to stop buying shoes uh, directly from Nike. It's it's just too expensive in a lot of cases for a lot of people. Couple that with the fact that the quality control has taken a knock and has been pretty poor. Um, I would say probably back back to 2015 with that. 2015 was quite a good year for quality with with Jordan brand. They decided to go about instituting a rebranding slash um, remastering project where they were committed to increasing the quality on all of their different shoes after a number of years complaining by the Nike uh, consumer that the shoes that they were buying were sub-quality, you know, glue stains, bad stitching, bad painting, um, you know, paint cracking on Jordans, you know, that sort of stuff. And so it's it's not since 2015 that we've actually had decent, consistent quality with Nikes in general, Jordans as well. And so between yeah the retail price hike, the reduction in quality, people just don't feel like they're getting their money's worth. And I think this has contributed a lot to the dip in the sneaker market where we find ourselves now. So if I was just to put a quick little summary on where we've gotten to so far as we approach the 20 minute mark, I would I would break it down like this. The sneaker market has blown up massively in the last 10 years. Uh, the, the, the amount of collectors has increased exponentially. The number of sneaker resellers has grown crazily as well. The entire market has gone from being niche, low-key and underground to very, very mainstream. Everyone knows about sneakers. Everyone knows who Michael Jordan is now, even though a lot of people would never have ever seen him play and stuff like that. And so it's 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 been growing, building, and now it's teeming. It's absolutely pullulating. The, t- the, the, the sneaker scene is, is crowded. It's packed. And so it's gotten to the point now where there's so many people into it, 
so many resellers, so many shoes, the bubble has basically just burst. People aren't interested in overpaying on the retail. People aren't interested in having every single shoe that comes out because of the saturation. There's just shoes coming out every week. The quality's not that great. Um, and so with the global ec economic crisis tapped on top of that, you've got yourself a dead market basically. And so what does this mean? What does this mean for you? What does this mean for me? Uh, who is this good for? Who is this bad for? And so I would say that with the dip in the market, you're currently enjoying the best time in recent memory to be a sneaker collector, to be a buyer. It's an awesome time to be collecting sneakers right now if you are not uh, on the receiving end of some fiscal restrictions owing to the global economic crisis. If you're still making money and you're still enjoying your income much in the same way you have done in the past few years and you're into sneakers, now is a great time. Uh, shoes are sitting, shoes are bricking, shoes are going on sale that wouldn't have gone on sale or set uh, a year or two or three ago. So it's a really good time to be looking to build your collection. It's a great time to be able to cop the shoes that you like the look of for the retail price. It's a fantastic time for that. It's also a, um, a really good time for creating content as well around sneakers. I'm a prime example of someone that has been able to enjoy the transition from sneaker collecting to sneaker content creation. And so alongside this podcast, I'm looking to build up my YouTube next, uh, as well as continue on with my TikTok and, and to a lesser extent, the IG stuff. So basically, it's a good market now for collectors or buyers. If you're a buyer, it's a buyer's market right now. Who's, who's it not good for? It's not the ideal time for the reseller. It's not ideal. Uh, you can really tell a lot by how good someone is at their job or how good someone is at their, in this case, trading or selling by how, how well they do and perform in the bad times when everybody's making money like a few years ago around COVID, uh, like a few years ago and uh, COVID and, and, and the initial pre, sorry, post COVID period, when the markets are up and everyone is winning, then it's an easy game. But when the markets are down, and not everybody is buying, that's when you find out who's really good at their reselling, uh, who has managed to carve out for themselves an amazing network of clients and customers that have been treated well and given good deals. Like if you've been able to carve yourself out a consumer network of potential clients and people that know that you've got good deals and steals and you, you do good work and you provide a good service, then you're going to be able to rely on that network to continue to sell shoes and make money in this, in this time. Whereas if you've just been going about it randomly, haphazardly, willy-nilly, selling here, selling there, not really doing the best uh, by your customers, you're going to find that selling shoes is quite tricky right now as the market is pretty dry for buyers. So the market is great if you're a collector. It's not as great now if you're a reseller, but that's not to say that if you aren't good at what you do and you don't have and, and if you have access to the markets and you've got a good reputation and stuff that you can't do well in the in the sneaker market right now it's just that the market's changed it's dipped it's down and so the other uh 
reason why this is good if you're a buyer or a collector it's good if you're getting into sneakers and it's also a really good time to be a buyer if maybe you have been tempted by the idea of buying replica sneakers or fake shoes a lot of youngsters feel or have been feeling pressurized to have the latest gear it's always been the same way like when you're a kid and you're young you want to have the the cool clothes you want to have the the, the labels uh, you know the the coveted designs and limited stuff and so one of the big drivers for youngsters buying reps has been the inaccessibility and the inability to cop uh, sneakers for retail that's what has driven a lot of people over to the replica market because of the perceived greed of resellers because of the artificial scarcity um, that a lot of big companies tend to produce with regard to their sneakers in order to drive up demands kids have felt like they've not been given a fair shake when it comes to like copying sneakers and so as a result they get tempted into and end up buying fake sneakers off random websites which we know already is um a little bit dodgy at least in my in, in my case um, the production and the proliferation of replica sneakers is indeed illegal it's illegal in a lot of cases to sell these sneakers and in some cases it's illegal to even buy them but a lot of these uh, regulations are skirted around and usurped through nefarious and disingenuous means but that's another story the point is is that if you were into buying reps before this sort of like sneaker market crash or this global economic market crash now you have a great opportunity to get the shoes that you like that you want for retail and the benefit of getting the shoes that you want and have now for retail as opposed to buying reps just one of like the most fundamental basic uh, ways to differentiate it is that your authentic sneakers will continue to retain some value in some cases they might increase in value in some cases they might dip slightly in value but compared to buying a fake sneaker which has little to no value at all it's now a good time to get back into the authentic market again if you've been buying reps because now you don't have to worry about you know if your package is going to get intercepted if the quality is going to be um, completely all over the shop um, all those sorts of things uh, now you can buy the authentic sneakers because they're sitting on shelves and they're bricking which basically takes away all of the excuses or, or most of the big excuses that people tend to leverage when they defend their purchasing of reps usually it's like i buy reps because all the resellers take all the shoes and i can't get them it's not fair well okay that was then this is now now we're in a situation where you can cop the shoes for retail and there's no excuse to to go buying fakes so that's another one of the reasons why the sneaker market is good right now it's good for buyers it's good for collectors it's good for youngsters that want to get into the game but feel like they've not been able to do so in the past because the shoes that they like the look of tend to get hoovered up by resellers and then sold at a at a tax so it's a great time for all of that stuff so with the last couple of minutes let me just summarize the entire thing remember today we're talking about the dip in the sneaker market and how the whole thing changed we spent the first 10 minutes talking a little bit about how we got here going all the way back to the sort of like late aughts 2000s you know eight nine and ten with the advent of uh, sneaker reselling in the form of nike basketball predominantly the jordan 11 concord was was kind of like a a big moment in terms of 
you know, the hype around the sneaker, people buying it without the intention of wearing it. This used to be a sort of frowned upon thing, but over the course of the next you know, five or six years, reselling sneakers would become normalized. And that normalization would come out of a heightening of demand for said sneakers. So as the demand for sneakers increased, the amount of resellers increased because more and more people wanted to sort of corner that area of the market and take advantage of it, supply and demand economics. All resellers are doing at the end of the day is just taking advantage of that uh, relationship or that inversion between supply and demand. So we get to a couple of landmark land, uh, moments with Kanye, Adidas, Hypebeast culture, Instagram culture, and then we reach another landmark moment with Virgil, the repopularization of, of Nikes again, especially Jordans, Jordan 1s, uh, massively uh, got a boost with the, the Chicago's and the UNC's and the NRG's, and so Jordan 1 hype would would be kind of like the, the the front runner for representing like hype over the next few years you had the off-whites as said in 2017 unions in 2018 travis in 2019 and so hype around sneaker culture with kanye virgil travis it's it's all just building 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 all of these different artists are bringing their fan bases into sneakers the conspicuousness of sneakers is, is has never more been there with with the um, concomitant rising of social media especially instagram especially uh, youtube especially tiktok well eventually tiktok more a little bit later for tiktok but we have this big crescendo building then we hit covid the last dance stimulus checks tiktok and then the saturation really comes on in 2020 with all sorts of Jordan 1s, 4s, Nike Dunks releasing. And then eventually we get to the point where this oversaturation, this economic, global economic crisis, stultification, and people's boredom of the same old shit being released every other week. And all those things together, coupled, with, coupled together with a couple of the other things I've mentioned uh, briefly, is what drove the sneaker market to or the bubble to burst and for us to land in the position where we are now where it's now once again a buyer's market almost like a, a pre-2015 jordan market jordans are sitting they're going on sale sneakers are available and so who is it good for it's good for you it's good for me if you're into collecting sneakers it's good for you and me if you like to um wear your sneakers it's great for youngsters who want to get in the game who feel like they never had a chance previously who is it bad for it's not ideal for the resellers it's not ideal if your whole bag is invested in sneakers but that's not to say that there is not still the capacity to make money in this day and age like i said it's the good or talented or crafty or industrious people that you want to look to in terms of like making money in the bad times. Anyone and everyone can make money when the times are good, but the really good resellers and traders are the ones that are making money in the bad times. So if you're a successful reseller and you're doing well in this current time, this, this sort of initial gloomy period of the uh, sneaker dip, then fair play to you. I can say me personally, I've, I've still been able to sell shoes in the past few months without much problem, but you've got to be patient. Uh, and that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in possession of more often than not, I would say. So there you go. There's the explanation of the, the sneaker market where we're at. And I hope that is a little bit clear as to how we got there. 
And I want to thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this cheeky podcast. I hope it was somewhat informative. I want to thank you for your support in supporting the, the, the podcast by listening. Also, I want to encourage you to jump onto my YouTube to give it a subscribe. I'm still trying to nail a thousand subs before I start making YouTube content. I've also got my uh, IG, Sneakonomics with a Z. You can also jump on my Patreon as well to subscribe to me there if you want to support my content creation. It's Jordan W. Young is the Patreon. Um, and also TikTok, obviously, Sneakonomics. Go and check me out on there. So thank you again. And I hope you have a lovely day. And I look forward to talking to you on the next episode. Peace. Thank you.